Hi everybody, this is Christy. I'm Michael. And we are Terror and Tacos, and today we're going to talk about... The, the thing. thing. John Carpenter's The Thing, 1982. But before we do that, let's talk about the tacos. How did you enjoy your tacos I, today, Mike? I enjoyed my tacos. We went, <clears throat> sorry, uh, we got Taco Cabana, right? Yeah, we got just crispy tacos from Taco but they're, Cabana. They're, Taco Cabana is a beautiful thing. And it it's one of those, I actually kind of is like, it's kind of perfect for The Thing because it's classic, but not everybody knows it. <laughs> So it's not... It's true. It, I was trying to find a tie-in as well, and I was like, crispy, burned to a crisp. That's what kind of meat, meat is, in, is there? in there. You know, we don't know. But I like your definition better. Yeah, because better. we have, you know, every every town, every city or, or region has their own... Mm-hmm. Like, we also have Taco Bueno, but mm-hmm. Cabana to me is like... A level above right that. I mean if it's like if you if you want tacos but you don't want Taco Bell or Taco Bueno but you also don't want to go to like a restaurant a, a or restaurant or you don't want to go to a venture to the hood to get your tacos um, Cabana is great you don't even have to you can yeah. drive through you don't yeah. have to get out of your car yeah, um, yeah. so I it's it's and a, it is it's like it is it's a classic it's really good I think so yeah and uh, sometimes it's not initially well received. Right, correct. So, People will, will look down on it and then come to learn later go, how good it is. No, this is actually And great. is it is it just Dallas or is Cabana? No, I think Taco Cabana is in Texas. Well, I think right? it's in Texas. Yeah. I've seen Taco Cabanas in San Antonio and Austin, Austin. and stuff like okay. that. Yeah. But South Texas has one called Taco Palenque, which is super legit. And if we had one here, I would never leave. We would just go there all the time. We would go there all the time. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, I do love I love Cabana. I have always loved Cabana, especially in college. It was like our 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 go to. Oh sure. Um, when we were like, we're gonna get fancy and not go to Taco Bueno. Yeah. We're gonna go to Taco Cabana. Uh, once got busted in a Taco Cabana parking I've lot. I've heard this story. <laughs> so we it, don't have to go there. It had no. I uh, yes. Thank you. But um, <laughs> it is. It, it holds a place dear in my heart. Um, so yeah. If you're next time you're in Texas, check out Taco Cabana. Drive yep. through. Do yep. it. Classic. Yeah. Um, their chips and queso also good. Yeah, it is pretty. And they have a little salsa bar which they is do. fun yeah um cool all right but let's get to the thing let's get to the thing now i have to say that i think i said last week that the thing is one of my all-time favorites it's up there in my top three favorite horror movies and so it's difficult for me to get started so i'm gonna let mike yeah. start so i was gonna th- throw you a question a two-part question oh, out to okay. you before we even get into the plot or anything okay because it is one of your i mean i love it but it is obviously like it is one of your tops so i was gonna ask do you remember when you saw it for the first time and while you were watching it the first time was it one of those movies while you were watching it where you were like holy shit this is one of my favorite things ever um i don't remember exactly where i was but i you know i do remember that you know i didn't come to it when i was younger i didn't didn't watch it when it was first released i somehow missed it um and i came to it much later when i was Quite frankly, I'm a little embarrassed to say it. I, I came to it later when I was pregnant with my first child. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And uh, by that time I got to it, I was already at home because I was about ready to... Oh, no, it was my second child. It was... My second child. So I was at home. And um, so I had a little baby and I was pregnant with another baby. And I was working from home. And I spent a lot of time alone <laughs> with 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 one child who was tiny and another, another one who another was another little thing that was feeding that off was of you. Feeding off of me. <laughs> and I remember watching it at home like one afternoon, like on a Saturday when John was working or something, and I was m- immediately mesmerized. So this is like mid nineties. Okay. And it came out in 82. Um, it came out in 82, so I didn't really catch it until mid-90s. I don't know how I missed it. Yeah. Because John Carpenter is one of my favorites. I just, I guess I just had never seen it or whatever. I missed it somehow. And um, I, w- I was immediately mesmerized by it. I was immediately taken by the acting. I was taken by the music. I was taken by the cinematography. Um the the whole thing and I, I, like th- by the themes in in the movie 
uh, which we'll talk about later. Um, I thought it was really good. I don't know if, if anybody has ever used the word elegant right. in relationship to the thing or well, now relationship they have. To, <laughs> to John Carpenter, but I felt like it was really elegant storytelling. Cool. And um, yeah, what was the second part? Well, no, just that that was basically it. Yeah. If, if, because, you know, I think some movies, you know, you know, like while you're watching them for the first time, so, something is happening, yeah, right? Yeah, something, something happened, something sparked inside right. of me where I was like, this for me, as a, as, a, as a storyteller, as a person whom I myself tell stories, became kind of like the golden mean. Okay. It became like, this is how you tell a story. A story. That's great. Yeah. Because then, then, you know, because there are other movies, horror movies and movies of all genres or whatever, that, that you maybe you might watch one time and it, you might be like, eh, it was fine. And right. then in subsequent watchings, um, you, you sort of realize the genius like that was even the first time I saw Suspiria when I was in I was in high school the first time I saw Suspiria and while I was watching it the first time I knew I liked it but I was more like what the fuck is happening because <laughs> right. I had never seen right. Argent I just it was a new experience for me right so I was like kind of overwhelmed by it mm -hmm. and then subsequent viewings Suspiria is one of my favorite movies of all time yeah um so it's cool sometimes that when, like, in the middle of watching something, you're like, this is important. This is important. I knew I was watching something important. I immediately went out and got the DVD. Cool. And I proceeded to watch it maybe mm. every day for a while <laughs> and then watched it, like, every week. I, my, I think my children can quote the thing because they grew up. Watching, watching it. it yeah that's cool you know and uh, yeah I think I think it's really good which is funny because when it came out again came out in 1982 and it came out at the same time that Blade Runner came yeah. out and at the same time that E.T. E came out yeah so the thing wasn't very well received, received. either at the box office or by the critics. critics. Yeah. I think they just wanted a more benign yeah, and, and alien. Carpenter, I read an interview mm -hmm. that he did pretty recently. I mean, I think last year, maybe 2016 or tw maybe 20, 2017 or maybe 2016, where he still, I mean, obviously knows now that the thing has become sort of a classic. Right. But he, he still, in this interview, blames E.T. <laughs> and not even in a bad way. He's just like, you know, E.T. had come out and yeah. people all of a sudden were like, Aliens are great, and they're our friends, and little right. boys are crying, and they're happy. And he was like, my alien picture was, the world is Much fucking ending, bleak. there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Much more bleak. Yeah. Uh, he says also that this is his personal favorite. Yeah, which I, I love. Yeah, I um, just, you know, and I was I was thinking about that today, and I was as I was watching the movie, and I, I watched it three times since the last wow. time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I love it so much, and... Um, I, I can't just reading some of the stuff that was said about it early and, and that it was a terrible movie. Mm -hmm. I have I have a quote that I want to read that some critic back in the day said about Carpenter. He said, um, an example of the new aesthetic, atrocity for atrocity's sake. <laughs> John Carpenter was never meant to direct science fiction horror movies. He's better suited to direct traffic accidents, train wrecks, and public floggings. And I'm like, wow. Like, he must have had something personal against yeah, John Carpenter. Yeah, and that's insane because I can't even if you didn't like this film, mm -hmm. this is several years after. This is a few, Halloween was already a thing. Halloween was already so a thing. To Escape from New, New York, York was, was already, already a thing. thing. So to question... Carpenter's ability as a director after, you know, and I love Escape from New York, but I mean, to me, like, Halloween... But what Halloween, yeah. Halloween can arguably be called, like, the best yeah. slasher film of, of all time. time. Um, it, it, the, you know, I didn't see it when it came out either. I was, I mean, I was quite young when it came out. I would think I was six, almost, either had just turned seven or was about to turn seven when the thing came out. So I came to it in high school, um, and I loved it. I, I also wonder, it was, you know, the early 80s and late 70s, there's clearly been, like, a huge leap forward in what they can do with practical visual effects. Right. And so some of the effects in this are 
horrifying and, and extremely gory right. or bloody or mm-hmm. slimy, as my wife said when slimy. we were watching it last night. Um, and I wonder if certain critics were just looked at that and were like, yeah, this I think is trash. Were, I think that's exactly what they were. They, they felt. They felt like, well, you know, Wilford Brimley, who plays uh, Blair in the movie, he felt he disagreed with John Carpenter about the gore or the slime in the film, um, saying that it was going to turn audiences off. Um, and Wilford Brimley was actually like one of the only ones in the cast who wasn't grossed out by one of the scenes of, of the uh, autopsy, right. uh, because he was a, a hunter, and so, and so he, he knew how to ha- he had handled like animal organs right. before. So he wasn't freaked out, right? But uh, oddly enough, he was one of the ones that was like, people aren't going to like this because of this. Um, and it is it is definitely I think of it not in the same terms of the movie but like it's like when you see the original Dawn of the Dead mm-hmm. um, and what that was Savini but like what some of the gore effects right. in that it's like that's a huge step forward and then the thing is even you you just see like these are all this is all the shit we can do now right and I think I don't know again I was a kid when it came out but I one I think many a lot of people just thought like what what did that fucker say Atro- atrocity yeah. for atrocity's sake mm-hmm. just maybe couldn't deal with that in your face sort of gore right and, and but to me that's the wonderful. beauty of it yeah it's the beauty of it I mean it, it works on so many levels and. Um, yeah, and some of the you know you look you look back at some of the effects now, and you some of them. There's one in particular that's quite laughable. Sure. Um, but I think I know what you're talking yeah, about because I think we laughed when we saw yeah, it last night. We watched it, you know, as I was watching it, and I was watching it on you know in HD. Some of those effects, and you know, you can see many many sins in HD, mm-hmm. um, and uh, s- most of the effects still are really. Wonderful, yeah, and it, really wonderful, and, and taking into consideration that so the one of the main m- creatures was was created by Stan Winston, yeah, but he goes uncredited because Rob Botton, Rob Botton was the main uh, effects person, yeah. and he was only twenty two, right, when he was on the on the film. So considering that this is a twenty two year old kid, this is his first project, major yeah. ten million dollar. And it's a budget. huge yeah. FX yeah. piece. He had to be hospitalized. Yeah. So when you when you consider those things, it's like, oh man, this is great. Yeah. This is great and, stuff. And I also thought it was cool, Winston came in and helped. Right. And Carpenter was going to credit him. Uh huh. And Stan said, s- said no Stan. No. He's my Stan, buddy. Stan, yeah. We um, get to work with Stan Winston's son once, which was amazing. Um, cool. His son, who is really awesome. But uh, Winston said, no, this is Rob's film. Yeah. I'm not going to take credit for that. Yeah. And so they give him a nice, like, special Shout thanks and the credits. The but yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I, yes, a lot of this stuff holds up. And, and But it also becomes, I think, at the same time, a sort of brilliant time capsule right. of, like, where we were. Because we still haven't gotten to CGI Right. You know, and so it's still this sort of this beautiful, like huge advances have been made right. in we're, practical effects. Right. We're past stop motion. Yeah. Uh, but we're not to CGI. Yeah, we're not there. We're yeah. still ways away. Um, right. And it's, to me, it's this sort of beautiful time in in horror and science fiction when these people really were figuring out, pushing the limits of what they could do. Yeah. And it's awesome to see. And like, we don't really. You know, I, I was, we don't see that. We anymore. don't see it anymore. And I was thinking about like if I were fifteen now, what a horrifying proposal that would be. But um, <laughs> you know, if I fifteen now, like yeah. two thousand eighteen, fifteen now, uh, uh, and if I watched this now as a fifteen-year-old or whatever, because I think uh-huh. I was fifteen or sixteen when I saw it for the first time. So if I was a teenager now coming to the thing for the first time. I don't know what my reaction would be. You know, I teach um, 18 and 19 year old freshmen in college and one of my my ongoing battles with them, they're really, most of them are super great kids and are really smart, but they cannot, like, if effects are dated right. in any way to them, they throw the whole thing out. And I'm yeah. like, that's a shame because some of these effects are really in- incredible, not only for the time, but you won't get to see them anymore. Right. Because and this shit would all be 
yeah. done in a computer and they would green screen Antarctica and you wouldn't even have to go to Canada to shoot or any of that right. shit, you know? And I think it's you wouldn't have to like lower the temperature of the studio to, to yeah. freezing levels to get the effects and uh, I also feel like it's a shame because if you're going to th- if if you throw out the movie because of the effects, then you don't get what the movie would really is about yeah you know you miss some really great storytelling. i agree and and i do think you you also discredit the incredible work that that botten and and then winston whatever winston yeah. helped on i mean winston is uh, i mean yeah he's, was, he's, he's, I mean, he's the best yeah um cool so for yeah. those of you i guess for those of you who haven't seen the thing if we just do a we should we'll do a, a, a synopsis yeah yeah like the more i think about that first question i think i was you know i was trapped with with little people with tiny aliens with tiny aliens yeah. who had invaded my life one was a parasite one straight was up a parasite let's be honest still. that's right exactly dante. exactly Sorry, dante. Dante. we're talking about you thanks for the tacos last week um and uh I think I was just, but well, we'll get into it because thematically of, you'll you'll yeah. understand. I mean, you're, we get you you were in some ways in a point of isolation, yeah. And this is what the film deals heavily with, right? Before we jump in, I do want to say um, it is based on the novella or short story, depending on who you ask, and no one can ever really define a novella anyway. Uh, called "Who Goes There" mm-hmm. by John W. Campbell Jr., which was written in 1938. That is the same piece that uh, the Thing from Another World, right. the 1951 movie, right. is based on. Carpenter is very clear that he was not remaking the Thing from Another World. Right. That he was going back to the same source yeah. material. And actually, Carpenter's is is a. Uh more loyal to the source material. Yes, yeah. yeah. And he, he even says he's a huge fan, obviously a huge fan of a thing from another world. Clearly. And he has, um, in that interview, he talks about specific references he makes mm-hmm. um, in the opening scene and, and a couple other things. But I did want to make sure it's like, he. it is not a remake of the movie. It right. is a return to the source to material. To the source material. Yeah. 1982, John Carpenter's The Thing stars Kurt Russell, Wilford Brimley, T.K. Carter, Keith David. Keith David, who just Man. looks so badass. He's so badass. When Richard he's young. Dysart, Richard Massour, Donald Moffat. I mean, it's like a, 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 a an all star cast. Of, of all men. Of, of Yeah, of all men in it, the 80s. Yeah, it is an entirely. And it's noticeable. Maybe yeah. maybe it wasn't. No, it, it is noticeable. And that's why we'll, I will talk about the the, the, the remake. The remake. Uh, the well, prequel. It's the prequel at some point. Yeah. And how I. I've always felt like you if you mix genders not that I'm not for I mean it'd be nice let's have an all female the thing or yeah. whatever but part of the story is that that there is only one of of this kind of person yes right in the whole camp yeah. like you start to mix genders and and then you start to bring intentions that have nothing to do with the storytelling right. of the of the it's just true. I'm sorry. It's a different. different. I mean, it, it's yeah. a different. It's a different story. It is, and this is. Yeah, we'll talk. We yeah. can talk about. It. But it's very specifically also, a, a. It is a very male. Yeah. This is, is how men deal with other men. It is. It is. Tie you up and punch you. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true, and I, 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 I don't know. It, it, it says what it says about me that I, I tend to be really attracted to those kinds of stories. Um, Ennio Morricone. Yeah, that's a good, good point. Uh, it was legend. supposed to be Jerry Goldsmith, but he passed on it, and so Ennio Morricone came on board and 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 did it. And he says that he specifically composed a piece that sounded like a John Carpenter score, which is it's uncanny. Yeah, I, mean, I for many years I thought John I, Carpenter. Me had too, and I was like Morricone emulating Carpenter is its own awesome thing. Great. Um, Great. Okay, so we're in the Antarctic. Yes. Right? And it is uh, U.S. Science Outpost number 31. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, boring. It's the first two weeks of winter. Yeah, and this is odd. I will throw in, I have done a play about living in and working in Antarctica. And one of my favorite books is a book about Antarctica called Big Dead Place, about this guy who worked down there. Uh It's a great book. I don't have his name handy. I'm terrible. But look up Big Dead Place. It is a great, great book. Yeah. So they are... There is is isolation. The, the, The main U.S. base in Antarctica still is called McMurdo. Yeah. But there... That... So you are already isolated. But in McMurdo... 
there are generally a lot of people working there. Mm -hmm. Then there are these offshoots that the scientists will go and take a crew of whatever they need. Right. But you are even then isolated from the isolation. The isolation. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like America has a base, Norway, a couple other places. Mm -hmm. And so these guys are not even on the main base. No. They are separate from that. They're in a little offshoot yeah. of and the main. So it is like they are as isolated as, as you can get. Yeah. So the other thing I want to talk about is I think it's like one of the best opening shots oh my God, dude. of a film that I have ever seen. So this the opening shot of the film is all you get is like this amazing, like just first notes of the score, right? That mm -hmm. are just kind of just alone and, um, and a husky, a dog running across the frozen tundra, uh -huh. right? Through the snow, and uh, and there's a helicopter chasing it, and and they're shooting at the dog, and yeah. you have no idea why. Right. It's it is a It's it's up there to me with with the opening of The Shining. I agree, and it's um, a beautiful. It's beautifully shot. You don't mm -hmm. know what's happening. If you're watching it with my wife, someone is yelling, "Don't shoot the dog in your ear." <laughs> Uh, quick side note, because I was with Aspen and she loves dog, I do too, but she loves on a whole other. So that that dog is he is they say he is part wolf, part malmute. Uh-huh. He is the same dog from White Fang. Oh. And the legend of Natty Gan. He's a good actor. Yeah, dog. man. That, that dog, dog is like, doing the work. Did, those scenes with the dog <laughs> yeah. when it's like crouched under the pool table yeah. or when it walks down the hall and goes into the bedroom. I don't know who the Fuck trained, trained that yeah. dog. And so this dog was I think his name was Jed or something yeah, in real Jed. life. Yeah. And he was he was a he was a dog star. He's yeah. in many, many movies. Yeah, so Jed is <laughs> running across the frozen tundra and he's trying to get away from this chopper who's, who's shooting, who's at, shooting him. at him and you don't know why. And he reaches the US outpost. Uh, and so, you know, they, the, the, the people at the science outpost, the Americans hear all this commotion. They come out. They realize, oh, shit, there's a chopper shooting at a dog. What's going what on? What the hell is happening? Right. The chopper lands. The Americans realize that it's the, some guys from the Norwegian camp yeah. miles away, about an hour away in, by chopper. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know what that's on yeah. foot or whatever. Twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and they don't speak English, which is... Okay. Yeah, we texted. We were texting last night, and I I had not thought about this because I hadn't watched the movie in a while. I was like, you would have to if you did this now. You would have to totally redo the opening yeah. because now I even looked it up. I was like, apparently eighty percent of Norwegians speak English. We assume anyone who's working in our in our Antarctica as yeah. a scientist or whatever clearly would be just like dead on fluent. Right. And so this movie would end with the Norwegian getting out of the helicopter like, hey guys, don't shoot. Some fucked up shit There's is happening. Some fucked up shit happening. This dog is not <laughs> what it seems. Shoot the dog. And they'll be like, okay. Credits. Yeah. <laughs> but this being the 80s, um, yeah. we had not forced the world to, to speak, speak English, English yet. yet. <laughs> so, th so they end up shooting the, the Nor uh, so the, the chopper crashes, it blows, blows up. up, it blows up the pilot, the one Nor Norwegian that's able to get out of the chopper and chase the dog just starts shooting. Shoot. He's yelling in Norwegian yeah. and he's shooting. And the Americans don't know what the fuck is happening. And he hits... He hits one. He of hits the, one of the Americans, which is then like, uh, this yeah. shit's done. Yeah, he and hits Bennings. Yeah, doesn't ki doesn't, doesn't kill him. He likes he you know grazes his his leg, um, and then one of the other ones, one of the other Americans, like shoots him dead. Yeah. Also, um, one of my favorite things is you see the Norwegian, and I don't even know if this was on purpose or if this is just like weird America shit. Uh -huh. The Norwegian takes about nine million shots at the dog, never hits him, never hits him, fires on. Hits wings the dude in the leg. The American, American. one shot dead in the dead eye. In the kills eye. It. <laughs> it's like, of course. Yeah, but who is it? Like one of the other characters goes, "You were just waiting. You've been yeah, waiting, you've been waiting to yeah. use your six shooter or whatever." Yeah. So anyway, so the dog survives, and uh, they they're kind of like. What's going on? We don't know what's going on. This is weird. The weather's getting crazy because it's the first week of winter. Um, and and they, they also say, hey, you know, Pete, and this is, they talk about this in, in that Big Dead Place book. This, P 
people have been known to absolutely lose their fucking minds right. while working and living in Antarctica, which I can't say. Um, and so their first assumption is they went he, batshit they went crazy. Batshit crazy. They, they, they must went, have gone batshit crazy. They went crazy. stir crazy, started right. shooting, whatever. Right. So the doctor, uh, Dr. Copper, wants to go visit the Norwegian camp and, and says to Mac, will you fly me there? Mac is played by Kurt Russell. In all of his oh, goddamn of his Kurt Russell early glory. Early 80s Kurt Russell glory yeah. is so beautiful and amazing and he's my favorite horror movie hero anyway. Um, so he takes them up in the chopper and they go to the Norwegian camp only to find like it's 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 like burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, they walk in. The first thing they find is a bloody axe in the wall. Yeah. We still don't know anything. We don't know anything. We know that a dog showed up being shot at by a Norwegian right. from a helicopter. That's all we know. Right. They, and we know Kurt Russell is a goddamn badass. Yeah, he is. <laughs> they 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 find these research tapes that they start packing up they find one scientist sitting at a monitor frozen stiff and it's a great shot i mean it's great and this is part of the effects that are so amazing he's sitting at the monitor frozen solid but his wrists are oh, slit. Oh, dude, yeah. And the blood is like coming out of his wrists but it's frozen. It's frozen. So, it so is. It's like a frozen suicide yeah it's, it's a horrifying shot and, yeah. and and one that real still really holds up right the, and the blood the frozen blood like flowing from his wrist yeah, it's, is, crazy. it's crazy and they they continue through the camp and they find all of these dead bodies and some of them are burnt some of them have committed suicide like they don't know what the fuck is yeah. happening then Kurt Russell says we've been here for a little bit we gotta get back I'm gonna check this back room they go into the back room and they find this block of ice. They find a block of ice that's like, I don't know, 15 by 6 or something yeah. like that. It's a huge, it's a block, huge of ice. block of ice. And something, something was in the ice and it's gone. Yeah. So they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. They get back in the chopper. They come back to the American. They also, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, they right, that's find, right. They find a... What looks like a man, a man, but because Doctor Copper has a great line. I mean, and uh, like the, the 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 script is so simple. Yeah, it's not fancy. It's very little at all. dialogue. Yeah, even. very little. And he, they, there's something burning, and and they go out and check it out, and it looks like a man. And Doctor Copper goes, "What is that, a man?" And, and that's all he says. Yeah. And then they just show you parts. This is part of what's so great about the film is that even when you see. The creature even when you see the thing you don't know what the thing is no. like you can't tell what it is right and you're looking at it and all the times as many times as I've watched this movie I still can't make no, sense which of is, it I mean and it is sort of while we were watching it's like well it's that's it's in the title I mean yeah. there's no way to describe it's this mm -hmm. fucking thing it's this thing that that uh, I mean, and what it does, what we see, what we think is a body, then we see later is something is like else. multiple faces, and yeah, it's horrifying. It's crazy. So they want it. So they're like, bring it back to the American camp. First mistake. Yeah, well, man, first don't mistake bring that is shit like back. fucking getting the chopper and yeah. going to the Norwegian camp. Don't go there. Don't go there. But so they bring back this carcass. Yeah. This thing. Yeah, sure. And um, they. Wilford Brimley, they, they tell him, we want you to do an autopsy. Do an autopsy. Check it out. Yeah. And uh, they start watching the tapes, and they realize that... So, they, tell, they realize that from watching the tapes that, that the Norwegians have been out exploring on the ice, and they have come across this... Um, they come across this spaceship. Yeah. That has been buried under the ice for 100,000 years. They can, they can tell by... Yeah. The, the you know by science by science um, that's another thing like the exposition in this movie is really elegantly and classically done like there's no exposition exposition that that sounds contrived no. or like extra and even oh sorry I just hit the microphone um, even the shot of the uh, ship at the beginning yeah um, is is a is a nod to the early film. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we are shown as an audience, something has crashed. Something has crashed. But we don't know but when. we don't know when. And then, so when we find out um, that it's 100,000 something yeah. years, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. shit, it's this. So, but not even, it's like, not even that this, that they find the ship. They start exploring around the ship. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, 100 feet from the ship, 
they discover the shape of the block of ice yeah. that they found at the camp. Yeah. So clearly something was thrown from the ship. ship and 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 we now are led to believe survived. Right. So but. they come back to the American camp and and things have kind of started happening. Yeah. Um and so, so one of the brilliant things even early on to me is so okay, once we go to the Norwegian camp even if we have not assumed something, clearly it's like I assumed something's wrong with the fucking dog. You know something's wrong with the dog, but you still it's weird, man. That it's, fucking dog is it's weird. weird. But you still, even in even like thinking about it last night, even though I knew the story, was like my first assumption would be there's something in the dog's blood that now if it bites you, it, it's harmful. You you still do, I don't think are prepared for what the ultimate reveal right. is. Right. Um, which I, is fantastic because yeah. it kind of builds and it builds and you're like, something's wrong with the dog. I don't know what. And then when you see what the dog is, it's yeah. like, what the fuck happened? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, I don't know if we can get through the entire plot like, I don't think we can do a synopsis, get through the whole thing in one episode, quite honestly. No. Because so many things are happening. Anyway, to, 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 to make it brief, shit starts going down. <laughs> and, yeah. And, that should be the tagline. Yeah. The thing. Shit, shit starts, starts going, going down. down. And people start turning into the thing. But you don't know who? Yeah, the brilliance of it is, and this is not in the original film, um, in the thing from Another World. Part of me believes, I don't know if it was just they couldn't, the effects or whatever. I don't know. Um, it can mimic any living thing. Right. And so all of a sudden, th it could be any of us. It could be any of us. And so you... you it, needs, it needs isolation and time. Time. So they, yeah. <laughs> we're in Antarctica. Right. That we got those are the two those things the we have two plenty things of. Things we have. Yeah. So they do the autopsy. He does the autopsy, and 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 Blair discovers this looks like dog. Right, but it is not but dog. It is not dog. We have what looks like organs, but but, but they aren't. aren't. So he starts. Blair starts to test the blood, and realizes, oh, this is not human blood, and. And discovers that it's some kind of virus. Yeah. It's some kind of thing that gets into your blood. So even I was trying, I was explaining it to John. Uh, not that he didn't get it, but he was like just trying to be. He hasn't seen it as many times as I. Right. Right. And I was like, so even the alien that crashes on on Earth, even that is not the thing. No, the thing ha has possibly been doing this for, for time and memoriam. Yeah, yeah and we since have, the beginning of time. So we don't know what right. it is. So the alien that crashed that we see was taken over just as we're just about as to be. Right. Yeah. And it's crazy. So I explained to him like it's cordyceps. If those of you who are familiar with what cordyceps Dude, are. Dude, that is exactly what Aspen said. Yeah. It you guys is. should hang out. Yeah, we should. Why don't we hang out? Uh, that's a joke because Aspen and I are really we hang out all the time. Anyway, yeah, it's like cordyceps. It's like when cordyceps invades an ant and yeah. then the ant takes it back to the colony and tries to invade it. And and the, what cordyceps does and wants is to propagate. It just yeah. wants to propagate. That's its but only the, function. That's the only function. It makes the ant climb to the highest part of the branch so that it can clamp on with its jaws. It paralyzes it there, makes it go crazy, then grows out of the ant's head while the ant is it's, alive. Yeah. That's a motherfucker. Yeah, and, and also sort of yeah. my argument at the end of the day for why there is no God, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> we can talk about that later. Um, and then, and then when, when the cordyceps have grown out of the poor ant's head, the wind comes along and, and, takes, spreads it. and spreads it. And so cordyceps wants the ant to go to the ant colony so it can spread cordyceps so all, all the, the ants, ants will can become, go. Yeah. But the ants are like, no, no way. way. You don't belong here. We're taking you out of the ant yeah. pile. And the other ants will take a cordyceps ant and like literally carry it out of the ant hole, ant whatever, colony. Colony. And throw it out. Yeah. To protect, protect the, rest. the colony. Yeah. Which is essentially what the plot of the film becomes. Yeah. And built in with that is sort of paranoia. Cordyceps are aliens. It's, they're, 
Aspen, I mean, I knew what they were because, you know, science. Yeah. But she knows way more about it, much like you do. And, like, just even her hearing her tell me about it last time, I was like, this is the most fucking horrifying thing. It is. I became obsessed with like, it. Like, the I fact that it exists it. is fucking horrifying. I became obsessed with cordyceps for a while. And I still think it's super interesting. But for a while, I wanted to write a play about cordyceps. Uh which yeah. is oddly, I think, maybe what the dude who wrote the original story was Maybe, thinking, I don't that's know. what he was talking about. Anyway, so how did we get off track? I don't know, it does, but it was a great story. Um, <laughs> and now we've educated people, because that's what we're about. Right. But but the, the thing, so Wilford Brimley, uh-huh. And if you don't know who Wilford Brimley is, uh, I don't know. I don't what know. To tell you go watch yeah, the firm. Yeah, I mean, or the Natural, or or, or a diabetes commercial, or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he 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 has a sweet fucking sexy 1980s computer program that right. can tell you whatever you need to know, exactly. which is my favorite. And so he quickly finds out if this thing spreads. There, right now, there is a 75% chance that someone in the camp is infected. Right. If it were to get back to civilization, civilization within something like 27,000 hours, like right. not an insane amount of time, the entire human population would, would be, be destroyed. Infected. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he, much like the ants you were talking about, says, fuck no. No one's getting no out. No one's getting out. Um, if we all die here, we all die here. Right. We're going to protect the rest of, of the, world. the world. Yeah. Um, so he goes nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... And so much so that they, they have, have to, to put him in isolation. Him. Yeah. Because yeah. they think he's a danger. And he is. But at the same time, you're like, no, no, no. he's right. But, but he's right. But the thing is, is that... Because I was thinking about it today. Oh, I meant I was, just like he's a danger oh, yeah, yeah. that he's shooting his Right. Gun but the thing is, is that... He's trying to save the world, so he's yeah. like, nobody's fucking leaving. Yeah, no. He destroys the chopper. He destroys the tractor. Yeah. He destroys the radio. Yeah. Everything. And this they're like, is it. this is it. This, this is it. This is it. We all fucking, th- this is how we go out. We're not, we're not destroying the world. Right. And then it comes back at the end. Yeah. Which oh, is crazy. which is brilliant. And so the, the, the major portion of the movie, um, and we're not even really spoiled, is, is, no. is these guys not trusting each other, not knowing who is the thing. Right. Is it just one of them? Is it many of them? Um, how do we find how do out? we find out? And it and it slowly but surely people get picked off, right. and, and then they you know they turn on each other. And and you know our leader through this is McCready, uh-huh. uh, is Kurt Russell, um, kind of by default. Kind of by default, and and we meet him. You know, at the beginning, he's a pilot. He's not a scientist, but right. he's a pilot. He's there because yeah, he's a pilot. Yeah, and yeah. you know, the, one of the things that didn't make it into the movie is that. McCready is supposedly, and maybe that's part of his backstory, but it doesn't actually make it into the movie, is that he was a chopper pilot in Vietnam. Vietnam. And and it's funny, it's not mentioned, and I somehow assumed that. Yeah, um, yeah. Because he's, he's wearing dog tags. He's wearing dog tags. It's the 80s. Right, I, he's got long hair. He's got long hair. He and still wears his hat, which mm-hmm. is, is... Like a ranger a hat. A ranger hat. And, um, and a flak jacket. Yeah. Like, and he like, looks like an army guy with long hair. Yeah. And, like, I just, just from that, I know, documentary I bring up all the time, The American Nightmare, Carpenter, Craven, there's this group of those guys that... that Savini. Savini. That were, you know, whether they were there or not, Savini was they there. They lived through... They, yeah. So they have an obsession with... Right. With Vietnam. Just um, like Oliver Stone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But he's crazy. Um... And, and yeah, and like McCready is a rash. The first time we see him, he's playing chess, right? He's right. playing video chess. I he gets, love that. He scene. gets beat by the computer, so he destroys the computer. So he destroys the computer <laughs> and claims that the computer yeah. cheated. The computer is like the only female, uh, yeah. and it's the voice of Adrian Barbeau. I did not. Who that, was married to John Carpenter at the time? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I didn't even Adrian know that. Barbeau, who was in Swamp Thing and The Fog, yeah. also another Carpenter. Carpenter and I love that because so you meet him. He's playing chess, which says something about him. We know right. he's a relatively he's a smart guy. Uh-huh. He can plan. He's strategy, but he loses. Blames the computer and, and destroys, destroys it. And this is what I'm talking. This is what I mean about exposition in yeah. the film is that we get this wonderful exposition about all, all of, them, of them, and it's not contrived. It's just in this situation of like who, which brings me to the, one of the themes of the movie is like who do you become? Who are you in times of crisis? Yeah, you know, do are are you the person who's gonna 
you know, save the world, who's going to like cut and dry, right. I'm going to take care of the problem, or or what? Yeah. Are you going to lose your shit? Are you going to lose your mind? And it, it's set up really well. It's a good group of, obviously a talented group of actors. And different personalities. Different personalities. And, mm-hmm. and you kind of know who's going to freak out and who's not. And, and yeah, it's... There, so one thing I, I wrote down, and I know you have actually talked about this a lot, is this idea of, of doing this on stage. Oh, man. And so I wrote down, like, I love this movie. Maybe mm. not as much as you, but I, I really do love this movie. But to me, there is a version of this story right? in which, and maybe this is, is was inspired by you talking about wanting to do it on stage, in which you never see the thing. Yeah. Um, maybe you hear it or you see shadows. Yeah. But that the... I, and the Carpenter does this, but I do think there's a version, and this I think maybe stage is more effective, where the horror really simply comes from the paranoia and distrust between these men. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not going to take credit, but I have said those things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That's, I'm, I'm sure that's where that thought was in my head because yeah. we've talked about it. Um, I love the effects. I love what they do with the thing. I love all of that. But there is part of me that wants to see it just be these guys or if you want to all these if you want to do all women or, or mix whatever. it or whatever just like the horror is just them fucking losing it right. and not trusting each and other and the thing is they can't leave they, no there's no they there's, there's they no, were if they leave they die if they leave they die. they were so isolated to begin with uh-huh. and then any any chance of escape uh-huh. is cut off yeah. when the helicopter and the tractor are destroyed. You can't even walk outside at night without a, a like clinging to a rope to right, find your way. Right, because it's like the whiteout yeah. is so crazy. You have to have like you have to walk out with flares. Yeah, you know, because and, a, you, and a rope that will lead you from place to place. Yeah, you can't because otherwise you can't see. Yeah, you're you're you know you're alone. You're alone. This is as alone as you can be. Yeah, and you can go blind mm-hmm. in a whiteout to the point where you right. have. You have no idea which way. It's so great. That's that's one of the scenes that I love is when they've already discovered, they've put Blair, they've separated Blair, and the other guys are standing outside, and it's like stark, 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 white, 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 and they're all in their parkas, and they've got these like goggles on that you can't see their eyes, and they're talking about this thing. They're talking about... Uh, the the well nobody knows who is the thing right. any one of us standing any one of us here could be. could be the thing and the shot is of six or eight guys i can't remember what and they're all almost completely hidden like yeah. you can only see part of their face and it's so effective cuz they're all just standing there looking at each other like suspicious of each other and you can't look into each other's eyes Eyes. and you can barely tell who's who i mean other than you know a couple of them have distinct pieces of clothing but yeah it's it's amazing the first and 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 the first time that one of them turns into the thing which is bennings the one that got shot and uh he kind of he's running through the snow and they catch up with him because they know now what what has to happen they 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 come up on him and he reveals his hands oh, and they're dude. not hands. Yeah, that's a great shot, they, man. They're not hands and then he opens his mouth and just this noise, this sound comes out. It's insane. Insane. And I'm, ta- real quick tangent, sorry. I, we're, we're all over the yeah, place so, here. Well, and it's like you said, we don't, there's no, we can't, there's no we way. can't break down every moment of this. There's no and, way. No, and nor should we. Um, we talk about, you know, I was just saying, talk about some of my students throw away the effects. One of, Aspen had not seen this movie in its entirety or had forgotten seeing it in its uh-huh. entirety. Like, had seen clips. She doesn't do well with slime. It's tough for her. Anyway, never mind. One of the first <laughs> things she said the first time when you see that and then you see, like, the first time you see the thing sort of open up and eee. become, she was like, holy shit, that's the Demogorgon from, the Demogorgon from, um, Stranger Things, the yeah. Demogorgon, and yeah, like the I had not thought about that, but it is, and I don't know if they would claim it or whatever, but it is so clearly inspired by yes. the thing. Yeah. Um, and it, obviously, the Demogorgon is its own. It's its own thing. But that it's, its own thing. That uh, yeah, but that sort of yeah, mouth mouth upon mouth, mouth upon mouth, yeah, mouth. yeah. Uh, is and the way it sort of flares open like right. a flower or a plant. Right. And those guys, but those guys who who worked on Stranger Things, who created Stranger the Things, the Defer Brothers, not, yeah, the Defer yeah. Brothers. They they are they are they love the eighties. Yeah, clearly. So 
I'm sure that they would. I'm sure that the yeah. thing is something that inspired And so it's like, them. it is, it is, even in that, I was like, this uh-huh. is, this has influenced. And I was reminded there's a, there's a, an episode of the X-Files in, I think, season it's one. season one, episode eight. Uh, Another episode eight seminal. Yes, that yeah. is also so clearly inspired by yeah, this it is. movie. Yeah, I, I read that in, in um, part of the trivia. Cool, and I even remember watching that episode I watch the it first again time. Now. And here's the thing: is like we keep talking about the effects and how the effects are important. You know, a lot of like I said in in HD. Uh, you can see a lot of stuff that you can't see not in HD that you were never meant to see that you were honestly. never meant to see, and yet watching it this morning again in HD it looks beautiful yeah and the and I, I think I, I read I think they're like in far north British Columbia mm-hmm. is where they shoot yeah but Stuart. it it I mean obviously you're not shooting it in Antarctica no but I mean it the the sense of isolation just from that opening shot of that mm-hmm. the shot the helicopter mm-hmm. flying over the hills the snow covered hills it's like man. it is beautiful and also the sense of like fuck man we're in, we're not going anywhere. We're not, we're going, not anywhere. going anywhere. Yeah. So and and that's actually what happens in the film is that you know all of these things start going down. People start becoming the thing or just dying because yeah. the thing killed them or whatever. And we we get down to like three people. Yeah. We get down. I mean, out of what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 12 characters by the yeah by the end they just get get whittled away and whittled away away and we get down to like three people and then just two people yeah and and there is a sense um this there's a sense that that even i think halfway through watching it now that i'm older maybe i didn't feel this way when i was a teenager but there there is a there is a bleakness and a sense of Ooh. no matter what they do. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I don't know. I have seen this referred to as as his part one of his Apocalypse trilogy. Oh, yeah. Which Prince is then Darkness. Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness. Right, right. But the, these are the sort of three Carpenter films that give you a sense of, like, there's nothing, nothing we do is going to make, is a, gonna difference. make a difference. That is such a Vietnam attitude right right like outlook or and i'm not i'm not judging it at all because i did not live through it i no. don't know it but it seems that all of these filmmakers who have been who are very much inspired or affected or or see the world through the lens of of vietnam yeah right of their experience of it who are like a generation ahead of us right Th- that is the that's their outlook yeah I yeah, mean, and I, I can't... When you look at the Westerns that came after Vietnam... The difference. Bleak, bleak, bleak. Yeah, and the, the idea of of the uh, sort of emergence of, of the anti-hero and the, the, like, even Kurt Russell. And this, hey, McCready is fun and badass and all that, right. but, like, he's not... He's not... Uh, Captain America. No, you he, know? And, and the and the thing I love about it is that I mean it's Kurt Russell, so he's sexy. But it this is not like this is not a movie where he's trying to be sexy or part of the. You know he's he does he also plays the lead in Big Trouble in Little China, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is another Carpenter film, mm-hmm. and that is very much a send up of like the tough, yeah, sexy and that has like, that has a level of camp right to it. This is like not that hero at all. No, I mean he's actually the one that says at the end he's the one that says we're not leaving. Yeah, this is we're gonna die. We're here. gonna die here. This is the only option. It's the only option. So we got to set all these charges and blow um, up the camp. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and to me that's the idea of, yes, the sort of post-Vietnam, the heroic thing is to fucking fall on the sword and die. I mean, I... That, right. That, and, and even then... And even, even then... Even then, did you really... Yeah, did you really... Did, even then, are you being a hero? Or right. is it just that there's nothing else, else you, you can, can do, fucking yeah. do? Yeah, it's sort of a nihilistic... Yeah, or, yeah, it is. And, you know, the studio... The studio... I guess there was some contention about the ending. Yeah, they shot a separate ending. Yeah, and the studio gave permission for the ending that it has now only if there was some kind of like something for the audience that told them that the thing was dead really yeah so that's why and th- that towards the ending not the yeah. not the very ending shot sorry y'all, we're spoiling the end sorry we didn't give you it, a taco we're break. not really gonna spoil it right oh that's right we didn't get no we couldn't yeah um 
They haven't earned it. They haven't Christy. earned it. You have to go watch the thing. You're gonna love it. I promise. There's the big explosion, and you you hear you hear like a a, a screech. Yeah. Over. But I, I yeah. Carpenter like hides it well enough. Yeah. Right. No. no and the, then we get the real ending. Yes. Of and the movie. I I yeah. And I to me it's 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 it is not by no means a happy blissful ending. But it's also kind of like. What do you do? Yeah. But it's also not a tragic ending. No, no. It's just kind of like, here we are. Here we are. Yeah, I think it's great. The ending's perfect. Yeah. Um, and, then, you know, over the years, there have been, there's been a lot of uh, debate about this ending and what does it mean? Yeah. And who is the thing? Who is the thing? And, and are they, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, we talked about the, the prequel a little while ago and the prequel came out and the prequel... In 2011 or yeah, something. Yeah, and I I think I saw it once and then fell asleep or, or fell asleep during it, it. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Yeah. But what it is, is it tells you the story about what happened at the Norwegian camp, which quite frankly, I don't need to know. No, I, I have, I mean, and this is maybe a debate or not even a debate. This is maybe a discussion for another time, and and I don't, you know, horror movies do it. Not, not they're not nearly as bad as sort of fantasy sci-fi. The obsession with prequels, I, I or ex- and and explaining, and explaining. I don't get. It. I don't get it. Um, it is to me also inherently so difficult. If I know the result, like man, you better give me some really fucking interesting characters. Right. If I know. I know none yeah, of these man. people are going to... I know what happens to the dog. Yeah. I know what yeah. happened to the Norwegian yeah. it's, camp. It's also like what happens with Alien. You know, like a lot of people who, who are not familiar with the Alien films, and then they're like, I love Prometheus. And I'm like, okay, as, as a standalone, I guess. I guess. I I'm, guess not, I'm, so. not, I'm not a fan cool. of Prometheus. I'm but. not a fan of it either. And I wonder, I wonder if I would be a fan of it if I didn't love the Alien movies so much. Right. You know? Sure. And then knowing that it was supposed to be... If I didn't know that it was supposed to be a prequel, yeah. and just watched it, just for watched itself. it for itself. But I, I don't need to know. No, I don't. I don't, and and this seems to be a bizarre obsession that we have got. I mean, this wasn't normal. We must have answers. Yeah, this wasn't this wasn't the no, thing back in the day. No, and I was like, no. the, the thing, especially in especially in the seventies. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, especially fine. like in the seventies and early eighties, where there was kind of like a bleaker outlook. Yeah. In storytelling and in film and stuff like that, where it's just, just like this just was. This is the story, and we've talked about this. And this isn't a prequel. This is a remake, and I think this has come up before. And again, I will say this: I feel like I would love to meet Rob Zombie, and he seems like a badass dude, yeah, and man. I would really like to hang out with him. And I like Rob Zombie; I think he's incredibly talented. But like his need in the Halloween remake to give Michael. A backstory. I was like, I don't fucking need to know. I don't care. He's a little kid who killed his sister. That's it. I don't give a shit. And I just also feel like what we get from the first movie is way more. Is way more terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is like, yeah, like you said, I don't need to know what happened in the Norwegian camp. I also don't need you to somehow justify for some fucking bizarro reason. There is a young attractive American woman anthropologist or whatever right. or archaeologist this whatever is what she I mean. is who has joined the Norwegian this is what camp I mean. and again we also then retcon I guess would they say you set up in the thing that for whatever reason obviously the dude at the beginning is panicked but he does not clearly speak, speak English. English or if he does it is it is deeply his second or third or fourth language it right. is not what he goes to and then in the prequel all of a sudden yeah they can and it's like no one it was 1982 right this is a different fucking time right um the technology and this is what drives me fucking crazy about Prometheus and then oh Alien Covenant which I can't even fucking talk about <laughs> All of a sudden, then, you have technology. You're trying to set something in the same time, um, but you are using... You can't sort of wrap your mind around, you know, the 80s chess game. Um, And so, all of a sudden, the technology being used in the prequel is superior to that. At the American American camp. In in the real movie. And that happens in Prometheus as well. Yeah, yeah, I can't. You're like, this is so far ahead of what they're using in Alien. Um, Yeah, I... 
I don't. I, I, just, I don't need it. I don't need to know why. And especially, I know how it ends. You've already right. told me how it ends. Um, right. And I, I, I have read, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I have read that John Carpenter has kind of like confirmed that. You know, he he approves of the prequel, so the discoveries made in the prequel are now part of canon. Canon. And that's the other reason why I kind of don't want to go watch it, because I would rather live for the rest of my life with the ending of the thing. Yes, and and that's it. And wonder, because, I mean, that's I think that's the beauty of it. The beauty of it, to me, is, I don't know, like, I would like to think that in a situation where I was isolated in the frozen tundra, uh, doing theater, or whatever, uh, that I would step up and be a badass. Sure. That's what I like to think. Right. But... In reality. But in reality, I might just run out into the snow and die. Yeah. Because... I feel like I would do that. My survival drive is not nearly... Because I don't want to deal with it. No. Like, in that situation, I'm just like a panda. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. You know? I also think it's bizarre, like... Was anyone? I mean, you're you're one of the biggest fans of this movie I know. Was anyone sitting around for 29 years? Like for 29 years, I've wanted to know what happened at that goddamn Norwegian camp. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Everybody that I talked to, that is also like a huge fan of the film. Part of what they love about the film is, is the yeah. ending, and and l- they love to have arguments uh, about the ending. ending. Like, and, yeah, and everybody like, has different ideas about it, and so when something comes along and says this is definitively the answer, I'm like, man, oh, don't fuck don't it. fucking no, ruin man. it for me. You just, you know. Um, what are th- are we are we cool in time? Yeah, we're we're we ha- yeah we have a, a little bit of time. Okay, there, so. so one thing I wanted to bring up is is sort of this the the innate connection between science fiction and horror yeah and I thought it was an appropriate topic because um, Frankenstein uh, the novel Mary Shelley's novel recently turned 200 wow yeah it was published in 1818 so it recently celebrated its 200th birthday and many 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 scholars argue that Frankenstein is the first true science fiction novel mm-hmm. um, for those of you who don't know I mean she predated Verne and all of those dudes by decades right decades right um, I happen to believe she invented the genre I, I agree I, and when I teach Frankenstein every semester I say she did um, someone could argue with me that something that I don't know great but whatever it is it is arguably the first science fiction novel ever written. It is also a, while being a gothic or romantic novel, a horror story that has birthed a million versions of the horror story. So I am wondering, I don't really necessarily have an answer, but like, why these, do you have thoughts as to why these two genres meld so well together because I would say the thing is a science fiction horror movie. I think it's science fiction horror. I As think you can have horror, I think you can have science fiction, but I think that when those two things like peanut butter and chocolate come together, it's beautiful. Yeah, when it's done well. When it's done well. And I think it's because the the, the horror, you know, whatever, scares and all that kind of stuff is something that we love. But I also think that um there's a lot of stuff in, in the natural world that we don't know about. We don't about, know about. That we yeah. don't know. This is also why I want to get you in a room and watch a bunch of movies about the ocean. Right. <laughs> you know, because I want to see what it does to you, personally, knowing that you hate the ocean. I'm fucking terrified of it. Yeah, right you and, I'm you and, right. You and my niece, Ani, who is like terrified of the ocean. I want to get you... Ani and I are the smart ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think that is part of it, right? This this sort of this There's, innate fear of the unknown. Know. And we don't know, well, the, because there are a lot of science fiction ocean movies, but so many of our science fiction horror movies have to do with outer space. Right. In outer space, no, no one, one can, can hear, hear you scream. scream. That is one of the best taglines ever. Yeah. And we... It's unknown. No, and it is, it's this sort of, and even with Frankenstein, I think one of the things Shelley, Mary Shelley was doing, I mean, God, so effectively, that woman is so far ahead of her time. Um, she had to convince people that she Yeah, dude, she had to convince people her fucking husband didn't write it. Um, that pansy-ass poet, <laughs> that pansy-ass poet didn't, didn't write, write that, that shit. shit I did. Um, is, is as we progress technologically and as we can sort of reach places and and 
do things that that we were unable to do in the past we open the doors to even more to even more yeah and so that i think it's infinite yeah and, and and so touch obviously being able to go to space is i mean good lord we can't even begin to wrap our minds around outer space but also like you said the ocean like we don't fucking know what's down know. there we don't know what's down um, there and then our ability, as in Frankenstein, to sort of create these things that then evolve past us. I mean, which is, is right. you know, now I think we have AI and things like that being such a horror sci-fi crossover. Right, We've right. We've created this thing. This thing is now smarter, right. faster, better than we are. It it's will come to fucking destroy us. BSG is about. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We created the Cylons and, and now, now they're, they're better, better than they're us. They're superior sure. than, than, than us. And, and this is... You know, should even back in 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 eighty two and or when this you know even when the novella was written, technology got us to Antarctica. The desire to learn more is what continues to bring scientists down there, uh-huh. and so uh-huh. maybe we have now discovered something that was never meant to be, that never should have been unearthed. Right, and us being able to go there and wanting to learn more. Right is what has unearthed it. Right. And so I sort of, I do love, I love when, when the genre, when both of those, sub, when they're, when they're melded well. Together. It, which is why, I know this is one of your favorite movies and I love it. And, and Alien, and even Aliens, which I think is an action movie, but has terrifying, terrifying moments. Yeah. I, when it's done well, like there's, there's a beauty. There's no, there's, a, there's nothing like it. Yeah. And I, I think that some, like it's, when they bring it together, it surpasses in my opinion. Yeah. It's like their, the whole their own genre. Yeah, the whole is better than than the parts. Yeah, um, exactly. And it, and it it brings up that 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 thing that you and I have talked about before. Uh, just because you can doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you, you should, should, right? It's the old like you know? Jurassic Park. It's hubris. Yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah. And it's actually when we were watching earlier when we were watching the movie and you know they're storing they're storing the carcasses from the Norwegian camp uh-huh. in their own camp and John before the line came John says why don't they just burn the uh-huh. carcasses and I and said and why don't I they said, listen and one of the scientists and the scientist says why don't we just burn the carcass and the other guy goes that's going to win somebody the Nobel, Nobel prize the Nobel prize yep. We cannot burn the find of the century. Mm-hmm. And John goes, hubris. Hubris. Perfect. It is, it is human hubris. And, and and it is what gets us every time, it's what right? what gets us every fucking time. Yeah. Um, every fucking time. And like the, the, the one of the things I, I like about, I love about the thing and then also about alien and aliens is what do we do when we encounter something that is su- superior to us on what whatever level? I mean, I think the beauty of this movie and an alien, although alien, like, fucking hey, man, that thing is smarter than they ever give it credit for. Right. But it's like, it's not necessarily like this thing's going to out-reason us or whatever. It's not playing computer chess. But it's basically unfucking stoppable, right. and it can mimic you. Right, exactly. So what do you do? There's exactly. nothing There's to be done. There's nothing you can do. The other movie that does this really well is Predator. Predator, like Man, this, which this, is also one of my favorite. Yeah, movies. I mean, they essentially had to create a code of honor within the Predator himself or itself. Sorry. To justify why we weren't destroyed. Right. Right? It's like, oh, you fought well, or right. you did no, this. Right, because that or, shit, I yeah. mean, if that shit really existed, the, 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 we'd be The world gone. would be predators. It would be like, predator yeah. landed on Earth, we're done. We're done. But like, luckily... For <laughs> luckily, this, they have a code of honor. They have a code honor. of honor, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and like in Alien and Aliens, it's like the, the whole, everything at the end is always like keeping the Xenomorph from getting back right. to... They're so far out. And I don't even know, like, I, you could blame it on like, now we're getting into other stuff and we're going a little bit long, but whatever, this... this uh, y- y- is it human hubris? Is it just that that's who we are as humans? Or can do you bring, here we go, religion into it again, where it's like we are the center of the yeah. universe. We think we're the center, center of, of the, the universe. universe. So anything that is outside of us must be inferior. Uh-huh. We think we think that because we, ha- we have the Hubble and that we have sent spacecraft right. or whatever out a certain um, amount, amount yeah. that that's it. We're yeah. the kings. We've... We've we've solved it. We don't know. Yeah, no, we don't fucking know. We don't and, fucking know. And I do think that is it does come down to yeah, to absolutely to hubris, which is what makes I think that 
sci-fi horror works so well right. is that you it, when it when it is effective, you have a group of humans who refuse to admit that they are outflanked in every right. way. And, right. Um, yeah. And and this movie quite actually quite addresses that in a lovely way and says, "Nah, dude, you're out. You're outflanked. Yeah. You're outflanked. Yeah." The noble thing to do is fucking die. Yeah, just fucking die. Sacrifice yourself for the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, uh, so the th- the thing, 1982, 1982. If you haven't seen it, you need to. You need to see it. It's, it's John Carpenter. Uh, it is a it and and a beautiful kind of a beautiful story that I love. Like destroyed by critics, did not do well, and but over the decades has become acknowledged a, a, as as a as a classic. Yeah, and not even a cult classic, like, just a, a classic. classic. It's it it broke a lot of boundaries for it time for its time. It it works as a mystery. It works as a horror. It works as science fiction. fiction. Influence things that came after. Yeah, there's some beautiful cinematography in it. You know, there's uh, some stuff that the cinematographer in there was mocked for at the time for using like blackouts. Yeah, like fadeouts. And it was and now it be, yeah, it's beautiful. became the thing. It became the thing. And it and also I think nods to and I think Carpenter does this and they live in some other things as well like nods to old classic fifties horror in a way. Uh, sci-fi horror in right. a way that I that I love. Um so yeah, go 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 rent it. Go, go see watch it. the thing. And it's like I, I honestly feel right now like, oh man, we should have had two episodes for this because there's like so, so much, much that I would love to say, but I would be happy to discuss it with anybody who also loves it or who watches it and feels like Christie's crazy. Right. Or whatever. So go watch John Carpenter's The Thing, and and then give us your opinions. Drop us an email, uh, post on our Facebook page, or whatever. Yeah, uh, um, we'd love to talk to you about it. Definitely. Uh, and Some quick shout outs. Quick shout outs. Obviously, Jim John make noise for the awesome music. Uh, do you want to bring up real quick? Someone in Russia listened to the Trump episode. Oh my God! Was it the Kremlin? I, it was clearly the Kremlin. It was the Kremlin, but we're still we're here. We're still here. We're having to check the room yeah, for bugs. Yeah. If now. we disappear, uh, you know who it you was. You know who did it, Vladimir. I um, still think Melania is a tramp. <laughs> Uh, also, shout out to our one listener in Uruguay. Yay, Uruguay! Uh, awesome. You well, know what? We're gonna watch uh, Silent House just for you, and we're right. gonna watch it in Spanish. Um, perfect. So. Uh, Please keep talking to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, all that stuff. We're going to figure out. We don't know what we're going to watch next. We'll wrap up August with something fun. And then as we move into September, we're already going to start prepping for, for October. October. So, it yeah. will be, so we have an exciting October. We have an exciting October, and September will lead us into that. So we're getting real excited yep. for fall. Yeah. Which is, you know. You'll have an extra episode in October because we have a Friday the 13th in yeah. October, too. Um, so, okay. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye.